<laughs> this is Kathy. And this is Charity, and you're listening to Macchiato Moms. Moms. <laughs> Have a night. I always want to say it with you. <laughs> and I did it. Oh, gosh. I butchered it. Yes. <laughs> Freaking Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. We're stuck with that version. Okay. So, Charity. <laughs> Guys, we can't stop laughing, so this may be a difficult podcast. (laughs) I've heard people, like, complain of other podcasts. They go, you giggle too much. Well, not ours. Well, no, but I giggle quite a bit in ours. Yeah, we do. So, if you don't like giggling, this is not for you. No. No, it's not. (laughs) Um, How was your day? Uh, Good. (laughs) Good? (laughs) I started spring cleaning today. Started in the bathroom. Because it's my least favorite place in our house. It smells like pine salt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good place. That's a good thing to start with. So you don't like get done. Like do all the house and then do the bathroom and feel like completely unsatisfied. Yeah. It's still not as good as you want it to. It's really old. So it never actually looks clean. I scrubbed the shower for like 45 minutes straight. And I got done, I sprayed it all off, and I went out, and then when it dried, I came back in, and it looked just as gross as before, and I was like, what did I waste my time? I could have just sprayed it down and You're walked like, away. What was I scrubbing? Yeah. I don't know. Invisible germs. It's annoying. It's, well, at least it's sanitized. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> my kids were playing in the dirt today and then got in the tub, so it's just, like, I did it, it for nothing. <laughs> Until the next bath. Yeah. But speaking of which, my daughter gave my dog a bath. Maybe. I Maybe. mean, ish. Somewhat of a bath. So now <laughs> that means I have to clean my bath Because <laughs> he was rolling in poop. Oh, so yeah. are my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. They didn't chicken have poop. shoes on. And chicken chicken poop. Poop. Yeah. Yep. Oh, the joys of living on the farm. <laughs> That's like. <laughs> every time I get in the truck, they'll say it now. They'll just be like, what's that smell? Because every time I get in the truck, I'm like, what is that smell? <laughs> So say it for you. Yeah. What is that smell? It's just like a question that they think has to be it's asked when life. you get in the truck now. What's that What's smell? that smell? Yeah. Is that what we ask when we're in the car? <laughs> I, uh, well, I, I woke up this morning and my house smelled like really bad old garbage. <laughs> and I'm like, it was bad. It was like starting, like I walk out of my bedroom and I get halfway down the hallway and I'm like, what is that smell? And... I have no idea what it was. I came home today and it's better. You're yeah. in my house right now. Does I, it yeah, smell no, like I didn't smell garbage? But Ian said he took up, like, I was like, I need you to figure out what that smell is. Because <laughs> my husband's laid off and so I'm working full time. And so I was like, you got to figure it out while I'm gone. I'm not coming home to a stinky, stinky house. house. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's why Cooper got a bath. Cause, <laughs> and his bed has been washed. And all the garbages have been taken out. So... And then, oh, and then I came home and the the couches had been moved and he was vacuuming underneath and he goes, can you smell the carpet? Because it might be the carpet. Uh, The carpet. I hate the carpet. I really like carpet, but I don't want to have to take care of it. Uh, I like carpet if it's not white. That's true. Like this carpet looks brown and it's actually white. You can see under the TV. Under the TV. <laughs> it's still white there. Literally, I I use a carpet cleaner every month. A really old, not good one, but 
I'd still use it. <laughs> like, it doesn't sh- suction the water back mm. up, so I have to go over the carpet with towels. You'd use my Kirby. I will I'll bring it try. over. Uh, it just looks like everything, like, all the furniture's casting a shadow over it, though. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's, like, little splotches of, like, darker spots where my son mm. has, like, spilled milk. I don't know we <laughs> until had, it yeah. absorbs dirt. <laughs> we had a, I don't even know what color it was, honestly. It was white-ish, beige. In California, we had carpet. And Cody, for whatever reason, would always forget to take his boots off at the door, even though he worked in a helicopter hangar where he was, oh. like, stepping in jet fuel. Yeah. And oil. Toxic chemicals. Yeah. Stuff like that. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, nice. So you're like, yay. Yay for carpet stain. Stain carpet. Yeah. Well, at least it wasn't your carpet. Like, it wasn't No, problem. but it came out of our deposit to <laughs> fix it. <laughs> so it might have swallowed in my carpet. Or the pile of furniture you left there because you couldn't fit it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I hate thinking about that. When we moved back from California, we were at the U-Haul place reserving our U-Haul. I think that we ended up getting like a 14 foot one and I was trying to convince my husband that we needed a bigger one and he was like, there's no way we have more stuff than what like would fit in a 14 foot U-Haul. We had an entire room that we did not bring back from California that we had to just leave in the house and let them dispose of because like it didn't he fit. He was like only thinking of like the first floor. <laughs> oh, maybe he's like oh, forgot I was the so whole second floor. Mad, and he kept like he kept saying stuff like we can just leave the kitchen table, and everything he wanted to leave was nothing I wanted to leave. <laughs> like like what? Why would we leave our kitchen table? To eat on? <laughs> well, just ugh, I was so stupid. Yeah. And I, I mean, we had to sell, we, I ended up giving away our, our mattresses cause they couldn't fit in there and our like bed, our bed frame. And yeah, I that was a, when we got back here though, uh, one of the ladies who goes to my mom's church had bought a bed and then she didn't like it. And instead of returning it, she decided just to give it to us and it was a king size bed. So it was an upgrade. <laughs> God was like, I'm sorry, you had to sell your bed. I have better things in the future for you. (laughs) King Um, size bed. (laughs) Uh, Which I still don't have any room in because I got a king size bed and then had two more kids. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a full. It's full. It is full. You always think a king size bed, that's huge. That's huge. Like now I need a California king. Yeah, it's not. Well, and what... I, I think it was actually Ian who told me that they have a website where you can customize the height of your bed and like basketball players use it because mm-hmm. they're so tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I just want the room to be a bed. Just yeah, like open the door and just dive in. There's your bed. <laughs> you can crawl over the yeah. closet. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Well, that, that'll just be a separate room. Yeah. Have like an armoire room. Oh, there you go. What do they call those fancy rooms in England? Uh, uh, gosh, ward, a wardrobe room. Is that what they call them? Heck if I know. I'm in my English. wardrobe. In my wardrobe. <laughs> Go to like, the wardrobe. I feel like I've heard that before. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making that up. Well, there, a wardrobe is a thing, but... Mm-hmm. Anyways. Anyways. Today, we're, t- we're going to do our third and final installment of the Time to Grow series. And we're going to be talking about how to get your groove back. <laughs> I feel like that should be sung. Because when I, yeah. even just when I read that, get I think, that, yeah, back. I feel like Saturday Night Livey. Yeah. Like I just want to do the disco. <laughs> With an afro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm picturing it now. <laughs> okay. 
So, Charity, you want to open us up in this? For sure. So, do you feel uninspired, unfulfilled, and incomplete? Have you lost your joy or enthusiasm for God? Are your priorities out of focus? If this describes you, then it's time to get your groove back with God. And we have come up with some practical ways to discuss that we think can help you get your groove back. Yeah. So, first and foremost, you need to reestablish your relationship with God. Um, John 5, 42 says, But I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. And I feel like this kind of touches base on the uh, Muscle Memory podcast that we just had mm-hmm. um, about how you can have religion but not have a real relationship with God. Uh, like we discussed in Isaiah, Israel had the wrong hearts with their sacrifices. Mm-hmm. There was no actual worship involved in it. It was just a routine and a ritual that was necessary for that day and that custom. Um, so God was telling them, no dice. Don't, don't want mean it. nothing. Yeah. Yep. And that's something. I don't believe you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were like, yeah, it's like talking to five-year-olds at that yeah. point. Uh, and that is something, unfortunately, that we see a lot today just in Christians. It's easy to go to church and just hold your hands up. And especially, I feel like being, like, I remember being a youth and going to like Youth. church youths <laughs> going to church camp and seeing people like hold their hands up you know and i'm like yeah high five jesus oh, yeah. you know you don't really know what you're doing yeah. uh, so you kind of just well, you get fall into in line with that yeah exactly yeah. emotions it's all like it just seems like exciting yes um i remember when i went to church camp they would i went to a pentecostal church camp and i'm not dissing anybody who's pentecostal <laughs> and i'm not saying that this isn't real in some sort but it was ridiculous because we're teenagers or like 12 and they would have us like pray until we would pass out. <laughs> like they would pray over us until like people would fall on the ground. And I remember like being up there and worshiping and like I was really into it and it was definitely emotionally. Mm. And they came over one of the guy, uh, pastors or like, you know, they have like the youth, um, what are they called? Counselors. They have the counselors. They would come over. Youth pastors. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. The older people oh, yeah. that come and like Camp, watch the yeah, Camp, yeah, that's what it is. He, one of them came over and prayed for me, and he would not stop praying until I like just pretended that I passed out. See, I would be able to do. I can't. I would be praying like um and um and uh <laughs> like I. I gotta make my point. And then it was I... really just like a lot of Jesus, Jesus, like just saying things oh, over Jesus. and over and over and over <laughs> again. Well, and I mean, the Bible preaches against that, so that's yeah. crazy that they yeah. did that. And so it was like at the time, I was like, oh, that was so awesome. But now looking back, I'm like, that You're was like, not I real. pretended to pass out, <laughs> yeah. so probably not as awesome as I thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. But no, and I'm, uh, I'm, the point that I was making in there is that uh, we can be doing what our religion tells us to, but our hearts can still be disobeying God. And mm-hmm. I'm actually looking at the heart behavioral chart behind Kathy, right. and that's one of the points on there. <laughs> yeah. Is when even like God tells us when we obey our parents, uh, you have to do it with a happy heart, right away. Yeah. Defiant attitude. Yeah. That means something. Yep. Um, yeah. So James four seven through eight. And 10 says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So I just think that that really speaks to 
God desiring a relationship with us mm-hmm. and how important it is for that relationship to be mutual. Um, God has to come first to have a proper relationship. And it's just like if you are trying to, like starting to date someone, your kind of, your world kind of starts to revolve around that person and you stop talking to your friends a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, just kind of the old things really don't matter. And that has to be how it is with God. Yeah. And I feel like in that verse, James gives us like all of the tips that we need to come near to God and restart or like reestablish that relationship mm-hmm. with him. Um, so first there is submitting to God and acknowledging and accepting his authority and will. Um, we have to be willing to commit our lives to his control and be willing to follow him. Um, and I feel like that is one of the hardest things for me because I am low key, a control freak. <laughs> low key. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I really, I no want, comment. I, I like certain things to be spontaneous, but like if my husband is saying, yeah, we like we, my mom, like if we're trying to get childcare, he'll be like, yeah, my mom said like, maybe she'll, she could do it if like we want to do it. And I'm like, well, can we, can we finalize this? <laughs> yeah. Like, I can we, drawn out plan, yeah, please. exactly. And yeah. I don't, I don't, I know that God I doesn't take, give you that. I know. <laughs> and it's so crazy when you think about it, because mm-hmm. why would I want to be in control of something that I can't see the future of, and yeah. he can? Yeah. And I'm like, no, God, I got it. And he's That's like, That's why we no, always really. end up screwing it up. <laughs> exactly. Because we try to, we're in control of it, but we don't know what's to come. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we make, we make bad choices a lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I like the part where he says, first, wash your hands. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about mm-hmm. your body. Mm-hmm. But... And also purify your hearts. Mm-hmm. So it's saying that, yeah, we need to be kind of pure in our actions, pure in our, you know, what we do. But also it has to be in our heart. Yeah. It has, those two things have to go together. You don't just focus on washing your hands. You also have to focus on your heart and mm-hmm. why you're washing your hands. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to Israel and yeah. them just doing what they thought they had to. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is resisting the devil. And I think a lot of times, even in our community group, we hear this one a lot and it's so easily overlooked. We can forget that there is an actual war, even around Kathy and I right now, going on that we can't see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we forget that Satan is constantly trying to whisper to us or tempt us. And it, I feel like there's so many things that you can start to manifest in your own mind that you don't realize is Satan. Like whispering to you mm-hmm. and just um, his demons there like constantly trying to trip you up and I said this in the last podcast and I mean this again now is I'm not saying this as a conviction for anyone else or judgment I wrote this down from personal experience <laughs> <laughs> we say this a lot but it's like we really want you to listen and not take it as we're judging you take it as we have are learning Le- learning and living through it yeah, yeah. we have not learned it <laughs> yeah we are learning, learning. <laughs> yes um so when like sometimes I can start to feel like I'm entitled to God's provision over my life mm-hmm. and like I've done all these things for you forget about dying on the cross thousands of years ago I want monetary now Mm-hmm. I do that a lot. Yeah. And it um and then sometimes I get lazy <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. And I think that just missing a couple days in God's word won't hurt and mm-hmm. then by the end of that day I'm yelling at my kids and I'm mad at Cody for something that he hasn't even done cuz he's not home. 
Or you had a dream and he did something bad and then you're mad at him. I can seriously sit in the car and have a conversation with him that he's not there for and like respond for him to me and come home and be so pissed off. (laughs) And he's like, what? What did I do? How dare you say those things that I thought you would say to me? Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know, all of those things just hinge on the devil and his schemes and trying to trap us in sin. And I think most importantly is um, he likes us to get so far into that that we feel like there isn't a way out. Yeah. And I can definitely do that. I start to have those feelings of why does it, like, why does it even matter? Yeah. I'm already so I'm never going to get it. Exactly. Yeah. I'm yeah. never going to do the right thing. Yeah. I might as well just do what's easy. But you end up feeling really bad about yourself if you do that. Yeah. And what the world says is easy is actually a whole lot harder. Because yeah. you are completely drained of all joy and mm-hmm. meaning in your life. Well, and you just end up, it ends up leading you down horrible paths. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying, like, if you decide to skip reading your Bible, all of a sudden something horrible is going to happen to yeah. you. I'm saying, like, when you decide to skip reading your Bible, you start to become a bad parent. You know, that can happen for sure. Have a smee on the daily uh-huh. if I don't get uh, Yeah, and then, you know, you end up raising kids that you don't have a very good relationship with. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the last thing I want is for my kids to be grow up and ha- not have a relationship with them mm-hmm. or have, you know, them live a life that is just bad. And if you don't parent well and you're not intentional and you're not in God's word and using that as like a strength, you can fall down a slope where you are not a good parent and mm-hmm. you're not raising good kids. Well, in that, uh, did you listen to the Telling the Truth podcast today that Debbie sent? Mm-hmm. Uh, in not that today, but I listened to yesterday's. Uh, well, the one today he talks about uh, just how God, when he brings two people together, his like outcome that he's looking for is um, discipled offspring. Like he expects us to be able to do that and to yeah. point them in the direction. Point them in the direction and finding their own faith. Yeah, we're supp- well, our... we're supposed to be able to. Te- we're supposed to be teaching them where to go for the answers. Because mm-hmm. obviously, we want our children to grow up to be independent and yeah. to be able to make their own decisions. But if they've grown up their whole life with us just telling them and not teaching them where to go for it, then we aren't really like making a disciple. We're just making someone who is. Really dependent. Drone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who will end up just either uh, getting out in the world and not knowing how to make decisions and end up back at your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or yeah. uh, end up going out and making all the wrong decisions. Mm-hmm. Or even, um, and I think it's just as bad, we could be raising up people like Israel was people mm-hmm. who don't even think about why they're doing what they're doing. They just, they're just doing it because, doing it because that's it's repetition flesh. now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what, yeah. Go to church it, yeah. just because that's what they've always done. Yeah. yeah right. Well, yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, we, uh, there's a podcast, a Joe Rogan podcast, sorry if that offends anyone, um, <laughs> where um, I think it's Megan, um, what's the last name? She's the daughter, she's the granddaughter of the founder of the Westboro, Westboro Baptist, Baptist Church. Church. I can't remember. Oh man, I can't remember her last name, but her name is Megan, and she was on there a while ago, and I mean, talk about someone brought up in tradition of a religion and just repetition in that she, as an adult now, I think she's like 25 or 26, um, she has stepped away, and one of the things that she talks about in the podcast with Joe Rogan is how she realized that 
Um, she didn't agree with anything when she started Phelps. to look in. Yeah, Phelps. When she started to look into it on her own, and she didn't have somebody telling her why she was doing it, um, or just that she needed to be doing it. And I mean, talk about knowledge of the Bible. She was quoting like an entire chapter, and I was pulling it up and lit, like reading along as she was just saying it because I was like, "There's no way she's getting this right," yeah. but she had it. And yeah. that's one of my biggest fears is my kids being able to quote scripture but not actually knowing what it means. Yeah. Yeah. Or it being personal well, for them. Or like knowing scripture but not applying it to their life. Or knowing scripture and like doing this, distorting it in an yeah. evil way. I mean that I mean, obviously her grandpa who founded the church mm-hmm. something went wrong there. Yeah. Where he Just got, a little bit, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Satan can do that. He yeah. can take God's word and distort it to use it for evil, which is a scary thing. Well, and that I mean, you think about the Crusades. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Well, and that even um, that just made me think about how when Jesus was in the desert, Jesus was quoting scripture to the devil, and the devil was quoting it back. But mm-hmm. the huge difference there is that Jesus was obeying scripture, mm-hmm. and the devil was just trying to use it to manipulate. To manipulate. Yeah. Exactly. To trap Jesus. Yeah. And did not work. No. <laughs> right. Well, so I was, when I was reading that James verse um, about wash your hands, it made me think back to when Jesus, uh, the Pharisees got mm. all over Jesus for um, the disciples yeah. not washing their hands. Um, so just to go back to that and help you think, you know, we're not talking about, you know, you have to be pure because... It's impossible. It's impossible, <laughs> yes. Um, but the Pharisees, on, in Matthew 15, they got all over Jesus for the disciples not washing their hands before they ate. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was like, why do you break the command of God by keeping rules handed down to you? Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's saying, you keep these rules, but your heart's not in it. You're breaking the ultimate command mm-hmm. of loving God. I just thought that was funny because it's, now this is James after you know after Jesus and mm-hmm. he's saying you got to combine the two mm-hmm. they got to go together yeah and I just was like that just totally made me think of Jesus and his disciples and how like they're like we don't care about all those yeah. stupid rules we're here to love people and we're here to love God and Ooh, that's it yeah I can't uh-huh. even like that's one of those situations where I'm just thinking like in Jesus's mind he's like do you even know who I am though <laughs> you fool <laughs> I'm on the list. <laughs> Like, don't even, okay? I know what's in your heart. (laughs) Yeah, but that's actually a good segue because James's next step is to wash your hands clean. And Mm -hmm. I put down just to repent the wrong in your life. We really need to replace our desire to sin with our desire to just be in God's love and in his holiness. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have to humble ourselves. And that, like I said previously, I'm kind of a control freak. So that's a little bit hard for me because I used to think that humbling myself meant that I couldn't think that I was good at anything or I couldn't, um, I couldn't really use the gifts that God had given me because if I was using them, then in some way that would be me boasting in myself. Mm-hmm. And I read through C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity, and there is a part in there that says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And that really helped me. Yeah. And I'm kind of ashamed mm-hmm. to say that I had that skewed perception of what that meant until like 
the middle of last year. <laughs> same <laughs> Well, you start to think being humble means like thinking poorly of yourself. Yeah, almost. yeah. Like you, have like you're to not allowed be like, to be good oh, at anything. I'm not worthy. Yeah, or, I'm not. I can't do that because yeah. I'm just. I shouldn't. Or you know, like you just start to beat up yourself. Yeah. Almost. Well, and I, I really, really like to volunteer at our church, and I kind of when I started to um, just read through like the humbling verses Mm -hmm. I started to think it was wrong of me to be serving so much because people would be like see that and be like oh she thinks so highly of herself and like I shouldn't be I should only be serving in this yeah you know that's what so I that that tripped me up for a long time and that's (laughs) my uncle Mark is the one that I always go to when I have just random Christian questions he always just really has encouraging words, and he told me to read near Christianity. Mm-hmm. And that I knew that he was thinking of that specific quote when he told me to read it. So yeah. when I got there, I was like, oh, yes. Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, but it's, um, it's just not about following our desires. It's about following God's desires and um, recognizing that our worth comes from God and God alone. There's nothing that we can do to just gain worthiness of heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, just we're I mean we're human guys we kind of suck yeah yeah well and, and to just stop thinking so much about ourselves and like what people think about us and what you know what's going to happen like what we're going to do and what choices we want just stop thinking about yourself yeah think about that and that's what I think about others yeah 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 that's important too. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like it's really important to just understand that we don't deserve God's love and there's mm-hmm. nothing that we can do to deserve it, but he still wants us to have it. And yeah. he is constantly reaching out to us and trying to give us that worth in him, despite our shortcomings and just the constant things that we're doing wrong. But in order to recommit yourself fully to God, you have to do it with all your heart, soul, body, and mind because anything less than wholeheartedly and a hundred percent isn't going to be enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, you just think about what is God, like, what does he deserve? And that's what he deserves, I mean, because Mm -hmm. even when we give wholeheartedly, that's not enough. Mm -mm. And so it's, like, not to, like, pressure you and make you be like, (laughs) oh, I can't do that. It takes time. I mean, you can't just all of a sudden, like, flip a switch and, like, living wholeheartedly for God and you're Mm -hmm. not living in the flesh. That doesn't happen, but... You have to try. God knows our hearts, remember? Exactly. So if your heart is in trying, then... Cooper? Dog's sneaking in the pantry for some yeah. treats. <laughs> if, you know, if your heart isn't in it and you're just trying to, you know, do it because you, like, want to get a ticket to heaven, he knows. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The next step is try to commit every day to reading or listening to God's word. Um, so we communicate to God in prayer. And he communicates to us through his word. Mm-hmm. And in Matthew 4, 4, says, Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I had never put these two scriptures together until I was making these notes. Um, but it also says in the Bible in Timothy, and we've gone over this a ton in our church this last few months, uh, is that all scripture is breathed out by God. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but when I was when I read the Matthew 4 I thought of the Timothy to, or the Timothy verse, and it really clicked for me that 
everything that we're supposed to live. Yeah. Breathing it out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, every word that comes from God we're supposed to live on Mm -hmm. in the entire Bible Mm -hmm. is God's word. So that like everything here is important for us to know. And this is a huge step in having scriptures to be able to resist and rebuke the devil. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about with uh, just Jesus and the devil in the desert, there is a huge difference, in, and even the Pharisees, there's a huge difference in knowing God's word and actually obeying it and living mm-hmm. it out. And we have to know it and understand it in order to correctly apply it to our lives. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing for the Pharisees is they knew it and they were living it out. But it was for selfish reasons. It yeah. was for pious reasons. Like they were, like you said, they weren't humble. They were wanting it to glorify them, yeah. not glorify God, and not. And at the same time, they were not loving others, not even other people in that are Jews. Anyone who sinned, they looked down upon and judged. And that uh, I don't know when it was, but we had our pastor did the sermon about um, when people would give their offering and like yeah. the widow it's the widow with yeah. like one coin where is that is it in Matthew is the, I think it's a it's Jesus was yeah. it, was it, it a parable, parable or what did Jesus say it I can't remember I, I think, think it's a parable but I don't know yeah I, I can't remember for sure either but um, it was when Jesus saw I thought it was when Jesus saw a guy come up and like or he maybe he was telling the story a, a guy like a Pharisee or like somebody who's wealthy but prominent in the Jewish society comes up, gives a whole bunch of money and like make sure he makes as much noise as possible possible, dumping dumping it into there and then this little old lady just comes up there quietly and just drops her one coin in I think that is because doesn't it say that Jesus came out when she did that and said see this woman she has given more yeah she's given more than that guy because she gave from her heart and it was everything Everything she had had, yeah yeah and that's what god wants guys (laughs) he wants everything we have yes Um, um and i think just if you don't feel like you know where to start um god is so faithful and like kathy said just a couple seconds ago he knows our hearts so if you just ask him, mm-hmm. he's change my heart, yeah, change my desires. He's gonna do it. Mm-hmm. He's gonna give you the faith that you want and just the thirst that you're desiring to seek after him. Yep. So I know for me, when I started reading, like after I really was recommitting my life to God and like really trying to get to know Him, it was slow mm-hmm. going. <laughs> like I would read something and I'd be like, I don't get it. <laughs> Um, so even if it like takes you reading a few verses at a time, those are still going to be, you know, implanted in your heart and Mm -hmm. God is still going to be able to use those to, you know, speak to you. Um, even if you're like, well, first of all, I don't have time or I just don't really understand it. Start with just a couple of verses. I would start in like the new Testament or something in the gospels where our, our Psalms Proverbs, things that are really, um, just, they give you a whole lot Mm -hmm. just from reading it. I mean, don't go to numbers (laughs) because it's like going to give you just a whole bunch of numbers. Yeah. But like, I mean, there's definitely things in there, but that's like after you've gotten started, used to digesting the scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, if you start with like just with a certain chapter and you can even pray and ask God to kind of tell you where to go. Um, it's amazing how he does that. 
Um, he knows exactly what you need to read mm-hmm. for at that moment in your life. Yeah. Um, but like, or the Read Scripture app. There's an app oh, called yeah, Read Scripture, awesome. and it's amazing. Each each book of the Bible, they start off. Um, with a video that kind of gives you a breakdown of that book and mm-hmm. what you're going to be reading and what it means. And that completely changed how I could understand the Bible yeah. because it gave you like history and backstory or like, I guess, forward story mm-hmm. somewhat. It like kind of told you what you're going to be reading. Cause I don't know about you. Sometimes I'd be reading something and I'd be like, I really have no idea what's going on right now. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's hard because the Old Testament especially, it is not a fun read. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, so it's really hard. Yeah, it's hard to stay connected in there. Mm-hmm. And the Read Scripture app has totally changed my outlook on the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really important, too, that if you aren't um, understanding what you're reading or if you don't feel like you're connecting with Scripture, it's a good idea to try to find a um, concordance or a commentary on the book of the Bible that you're going through. Those have been really helpful to me just when I'm studying. There is an app that our church had talked about once called the Blue Letter Bible. And you can type in a scripture and once you highlight it, you can bring up commentaries and it has I mean there's one two three four five six seven eight nine there's like 12 different (laughs) uh, commentaries that you can choose from on here in that there's times where I go on there and I am getting one thing from the scripture but the commentary just opens up a whole new light of I don't know if you guys heard or can hear that. Cooper's outside going nuts. Yeah, he's going to wake up my kids. But commentaries have really just helped me um, keep interest in what I'm reading. And I like them because they go over so much history. And I really have to have... um, I have to have more information. Yeah. I, I can't just read something and be like, oh, that's a good read, and I'll try to figure out how to apply it to my life. Yeah. I really like to know like when the time was and where they were and what the cultural setting well, was at that time. No, and you'll see sometimes like things that are said it's not really direct in the Bible, mm-hmm. not really descriptive. Mm-hmm. And the thing about the commentaries is that, especially with the one with David Guzik, he really awesome. goes into detail and, like, looks into the history of things and, like, looks into, like, theories. So not all of it is, like, fact. Yeah. A lot of it is theories. But it makes but it, it makes sense. interesting. And um, it makes you kind of be able to apply it to your life yes. better. And yeah, for sure. One in there, if you guys happen to have Blue Letter Bible, I suggest going. Uh, it's usually, he's usually way down at the bottom because it's really, really old. But Charles H. Spurgeon, he, the it's old, so the writing <laughs> like is older English. Yeah, yeah, it it's kind of it sometimes can be confusing to read, mm-hmm. but that dude hits hard. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. has. There have been times where I'm reading, and I just go to see what he says in his commentary, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I am so convicted. But and it's it's, it's, such, it's such a good it. way. Yeah. yeah, he just applies it in such a unique way. Yeah, and everything that he says was relevant for 
Bible time, mm-hmm. for his time, and for now. Yeah. And it's just crazy to see how, it like, can he, be, it the, can the be. The word can do that. Yeah, yeah, well, in that, it just, he kind of always opens up my eyes mm-hmm. to, that is exactly how God intended it. Yeah. To be able to be used until he comes back. Yeah. And so that's always really awesome, I suggest. Yep. And his books, I mean, Charles Spurgeon, but even just looking up those are worth it. Mm-hmm. They're pretty cheap on Amazon, and I've, I've gotten quite a few of them, and I have enjoyed every single one that I've gotten. Yeah, he's he's got some to-the-point yes. statements he makes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, another thing is if you start reading your the Bible, that is going to be one of the best ways that you can know God, um, get to know his character, get to know his heart for us. And the love he has for us. I mean, you really don't understand it until you dive into his word. And then as you grow in that, um, you also will start to like hear him internally more. Mm. Like hear his truth. And you'll be able to like, you know, sometimes you hear things and you go, well, was that me or was that God? Mm. You'll know because you'll be able to match it to his word mm-hmm. and be like, oh. That agrees with his word. That has to be from him, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially if it's like an idea that you probably wouldn't have come up with on your yeah. own. <laughs> I never like this podcast. Really... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, and then uh, you'll just start, like for me, every since I've grown closer to God, I feel like every time I read a verse, even if I've read it, read it like mil- tons of times mm-hmm. before, I get something different yeah. every time. Like it's just God can use it. That's how you know it's alive is because it, every, every, it just speaks yeah. to your life at different times of your life in different ways. And mm. it could just be the same verse. Yeah. <laughs> well, in that, I I feel like I have just started experiencing that in my life recently when I'm committing to not reading the Bible in a year, just reading the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. And I keep getting stuck. Like, I, I just got to Exodus, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm like halfway through it right now. And we're in March, but so not really making good time. <laughs> but um, in Genesis, I would have to, I, I was stuck in just the first five chapters of Genesis for the entire month of January, mm-hmm. because every time that I would go back to just recap what I had previously read before I moved on to the next one, God would be like, no, just wait and see, what, <laughs> just read this again. Read this again. And it was always something that I didn't even see before and just January 2018 has been a really revealing time in the Bible for me, and it's just been really awesome. I love, I love just digesting it, and like, when, especially when I had more time, I would like, I would actually write notes, my notes out, like interpreting, like mm. applying it each chapter to my life, mm. kind of just like a short gist of it. it but isn't that like there's a method that, like soap. Isn't mm-hmm. it? So you write the scripture, you write an observation, an application, and then you pray. And a prayer? Okay, yeah. But I used to do that, but it, that just got way too much, like, because I wanted to keep reading more chapters. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so it didn't, it wasn't really one scripture. Mm. So I ended up just, like, shortening each chapter or, and, like, putting it in my words of what, what I saw and, like, how mm. I could apply that to my life or, like, how I felt God was telling me to. And then I would, like, pray, I'd write out a prayer yeah. after several, but, yeah, it was just kind of like how, when I had lots of time for Bible study, <laughs> which I don't now. Yeah. <laughs> but, or, uh, I feel like that, that statement she just made is so perfect as I watch her right now, because yeah. she has her son in her lap who just woke up. <laughs> yes. I don't have a lot of time. I wonder why. <laughs> oh. Johnny. 
He's sick. Luckily, Ian's been home with him. Yeah. All right, so the next uh, so one. Yeah. Next one is commit to praying daily. And our first podcast ever, we mentioned Thessalonians 5, 17. We actually did 16 through 18, but we're going to just use 17 Go right back now. and listen to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it says pray continually. And if we use the statement that we said uh, before, God speaks to us in the Bible, we speak to God in prayer. So we're supposed to be doing our part of that also and praying to him. And it is really important to find time to have sincere and peaceful prayer with him and just that alone time so that when you're praying, he can re- like just a clear mind and you can really hear him talking to you mm-hmm. uh, just so that you can... I mean, that's kind of where I go. I have to have that quiet time if I have a real answer or something that I need an answer for. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I get I can get so bogged down if I'm praying in the moment of all of my kids like running around and mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh God, I need an answer. I need an answer, and I'm kind of getting stressed out <laughs> about like the situation praying, that I'm praying I need in. This answer, I <laughs> yeah, need this answer exactly. instead of like allowing that prayer Correct. to give you peace mm-hmm. and like adjust your thinking because sometimes that's really all it is. is yeah, that we need to just adjust. Our oh own my thinking. gosh, <laughs> when I first when I first became a Christian, I was. I did not have a handle on my prayer life and I would be praying and then I would be so dissatisfied going forward from there because I wasn't allowing God to give me an answer. I would pray already having my own answer to my prayer and I couldn't picture any other answer being other than what I had already decided going into it. And that's really unhealthy to have. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we shouldn't we need to have that peaceful prayer time but we don't have to only pray in that time we can keep an attitude of prayerfulness just throughout our entire day mm-hmm. um like i was saying praying when our kids are around i mean that's it's important to be able to communicate with him all day cat just got my foot <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen to what you're saying. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but no, just keeping that um, prayerful, prayerful attitude with you at all times. You don't have to be on your knees constantly, like, pouring it out to God. Cause... Yeah, it doesn't have to be formal Yeah, all the time. Yeah, no. There's times and places for that, but it doesn't have and, to be for everything. <laughs> yeah, and it's not to say that he will not talk to you or connect with you if you're not in that peaceful time Mm -hmm. um you just have to be listening and i mean he can he can definitely communicate with you when you're having those short and frequent prayers god is a constant companion and he we are supposed to be thinking of him as someone who walks beside us daily so when you're praying you should just have the mindset of turning to your right Mm -hmm. and talking to someone like hey hey, yeah yeah hey hey jesus yeah exactly Yeah, um, I also like to think of it as, like, if you have that line of communication open, that's going to give you more room for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Mm Because if you're constantly talking to God, He's going to talk right back to you. Yeah. And that's not going to be an audible voice. It's going to be an inner voice where you're like, that that is God. That's Mm -hmm. God telling me, like, what to do in each situation. Or, you know, go help that person or go pray for that person. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, like, if you're communicating with him, he's going to communicate back. Yeah. You just have to leave that open. Yeah. Well, and that, uh, 
my church that I went to in California, The Rock, it, it's been a while now, but he had a sermon where he talked about people are constantly, they have that prayer, like, God, where are you? God, where are you? And he's like, he's up there just so frustrated, <laughs> like, I am right, right here. here. I'm yelling, I'm right here, <laughs> yeah. right here. Yeah, hey. and open we are the ones blocking that, yeah. Open your heart. Yes, <laughs> open your heart and listen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it is, it's really important to just pray all the time. Yeah, yeah. You, just constantly, when you... And sometimes, I mean, it's really easy for me to not recognize even when I'm praying now. I'll just mm-hmm. be thinking something. At God. At God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, like it's looking back on it. And yeah. when I was doing these notes, I was like, man, I do actually pray really informally a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Please just give me some strength right now. I really am frustrated. That's what I, that's pretty much what always my... Like, there'll be prayers, like, for people yeah. where I see someone in need. But, like, if it's me throughout everyday life with kids, mm-hmm. that's how I stay sane. Is I'm just like, oh, God, I need your help right now because I'm about to lose it. Yes. And it's amazing how much peace comes after that. Just any time I feel stressed or worried or, hang- like, angry, mm-hmm. <laughs> which happens a lot when you've, like, told your kid not to do something a million times or you just clean something up and they go and dump it out again. Yeah. Um, that's when the, the prayers come come out. <laughs> it used to be other things that came out. Yeah. Now it's prayers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, and God is fine with that. Like, especially if, like, in your life right now, like, you're like, you know what? I don't have time to just sit for even, like, five or ten minutes. Like, he doesn't, he knows what your life is like. Mm-hmm. I would say find some time, if mm-hmm. you can, like, sit down and, like, find some time to pray with God for a while, but, and, you know, just let him renew you through that, but if you don't right now, and that's just how life is, God knows that, Yeah. He, and he knows your heart, like we've said so many times, and it's like, if you are just trying, he, even if you gave him two minutes, mm-hmm. when you don't have two minutes, he's going to be like, he's going to be faithful for yeah. two minutes, and I think it's really important to just touch on thinking that you don't have time. I used to think that a lot. I was I was operating under just this idea that I was way too busy to have this time with God. And our pastor came to one of our community group meetings and he was talking about how he used to have that same um idea was that he was too busy and I mean yeah. and he said that God really brought to light to him that he did have the time. He just had to give up his time yeah. and he had to wake up earlier mm-hmm. and just like put other things aside. And yeah. I think that he mentioned not playing video games as much and yeah. things like that. Well, things that, I mean, there's definitely time wasters out there that mm-hmm. I have. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I me too. Like, for sure. I can say, I don't have time. I don't have time. And God goes, well, how long were you on Facebook just now? <laughs> yeah. But I think it, God does see your heart. But if you are sincerely evaluating your time, then you should be able to make some. Um, and then, yeah. The next step is to keep your mind on things above. Um, Romans 8, 5 through 6 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And I think that that totally speaks into what Kathy just said about praying 
a lot when she is dealing with her kids. Um, mm-hmm. the, the last part is pretty much exactly what she said. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Mm-hmm. So if we are being reactionary with our children and letting our flesh just govern what we're doing with them, it's probably not going to be a lot of good stuff that comes out. You are probably going to damage your relationship with your child and it's, you're not going to feel like a safe place for them to come. If you are tapping into that peace that the spirit and God can give you, I mean, you're not going to freak out about the messes that are made. You're just really going to have that peace and understanding of how to communicate with your children I just picked this up. Yeah, I, yeah, I really mm-hmm. need you to know that this isn't okay. Yeah. And yeah. find a way to work through it. Yeah. And I I found that, like, not saying that I'll need God less and less, but the more I pray in those situations rather than reacting in the flesh, mm-hmm. then when those situations come up again, I mm-hmm. already know how God is wanting me to respond. Yeah, well. And so it just becomes, like, this thing, like, tonight. Second nature. Like, literally, I just cleaned up Johnny's room, which was a disaster. Then I was cleaning up Elise's room, and I, like, went into the kitchen, and I came back, and Johnny had dumped out all of her stuffed animals. <laughs> and, like, my first reaction is I want to be like, Johnny! <laughs> Why? <laughs> but instead, I was like, Johnny, when you mess up what I just cleaned, it really makes me sad and mm-hmm. upset and frustrated. Yeah. And I don't want you to do that again. If you do that again, I'm going to have to give you a time out. And it was like... Aw, Johnny. It was just like so such a better like conversation than if I would have just reacted angrily. Yeah. Well, and I think that that totally stumbles us up when we, when we do react from our flesh. Is we forget that we are raising children who one day they're probably going to have to communicate these exact same feelings that we're showing them. So if we are reacting out of our flesh and just like instantly yelling at them, they're going to have that reaction in those situations with their kids, just Mm -hmm. with their peers, probably with teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, They're, yeah, they're really, they're really looking to us to teach them what's okay in those moments and how to solve those issues and have proper discussions. How to solve them like a Christian. How to solve them like someone who's, a follower of Jesus. Yeah, there's yeah. this is totally it's not biblical, but there's a song by Jason Isbell. And I can't remember what this it's, the song is called High Road. Um and he talks he's just talking about America right now and how um he's saying I'm not going to fight with you down in the ditch, uh but I can meet you up on the high road. Mm-hmm. And he's saying like right now we're not supposed to be against each other. We are supposed to be working together. And that, I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing with our children. We're supposed to be working together with yeah, them to help them mature. Them, even though yeah, it feels, it like, feels it. like that a lot, a <laughs> lot. <it's> <laughs> no, no. I mean, and God, God gave us them because He felt like He knows, not felt. He knows mm-hmm. that we are the parents who are going to be the best ones for them yeah. to bring them up to be who He wants them yep. to be and show them how to keep your mind on things above react in the spirit and not yeah. the flesh I mean have our mind governed by the spirit like I just think of you know people I've seen who are Christians that their mind is governed by fear, fear. Mm-hmm. their mind is governed by anger their mind is governed by things that are not God and yeah. it's like that spoke to me and just told me like 
that made me feel like almost like God doesn't have power. Mm-hmm. He doesn't well, have yeah. power over us. We minds. try to take it away. Yeah. It. Yeah. Um, I think that the fear is something that really touches home for me. Having kids, I mean that you can totally get lost in your fear there. School shootings come up, Ugh. or even just yeah. church shootings. Um, mm-hmm. It worries me sometimes when I drop them off and I think like it's is today the day, you know, and you can totally get caught up in those things mm-hmm. if you're not focused on mm-hmm. God and just his perfect timing and just his will. And yeah. it, I mean, the devil can really fear, I think is yeah. fear and selfishness, I think are two huge ones today that people can just get so wrapped up in. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take it back a little bit old school for this one. <laughs> so the Bible is supposed to be used as our guide to keep our minds focused on things above and um, if you have ever seen one of those WWJD bracelets, <laughs> that's kind of a yeah. good way to keep mm-hmm. your mind on focus, just focus on things above when There's you're in those situations. Those things, yeah. Because it, it was, it's helpful. Yeah. To think, what would Jesus do in and, this situation? And that is what we're supposed, that's what we should be doing. We should yeah. be thinking about what Jesus would do mm-hmm. and then actually do it, guys. Yeah. Um, and I like the idea of doing that now as an adult saying what would Jesus do rather than like what would my mom do yeah or what would my one of like somebody I looked up to do yeah because Jesus was perfect and you kind (laughs) of just hit it on the head there with kids thinking what would my mom do or what would my dad do um because they will probably do that at some point and we are supposed to be their first image of God so we really need to be asking this question as adults for ourselves what would Jesus do and then really be living that out Um, and I think honestly, just teens and above, what would Jesus do is really needed, uh, because so much in today's society, things are just becoming more and more acceptable and they're really trying to push it on everyone and everyone has just their boundaries. We're pretty much being told that we aren't allowed to have these boundaries anymore and we aren't allowed to choose for ourselves what is moral. I take that back. People don't want Christians to choose what's moral. They want every single person to be able to decide for themselves what their morality is going to be and what it's going to be governed by. Well, it just leaves... It's like, you know, when you are trying to parent your kids and you don't leave these clear boundaries Mm -hmm. and they're like, I don't know what to do with myself. (laughs) I'm going to lose it. Yes. That's what's going on in today's world. It's because... There are no clear, clear boundaries. Mm-mm. People don't know what's right and what's wrong anymore. Um, and like we say, well, this is not wrong anymore. It's good now. But that's still wrong. It just makes it confusing. Well, it's Where confusing. Yeah, exactly. And it, I, we are becoming so desensitized to these things mm-hmm. that we're, I mean, we're even seeing it in schools now. It's everywhere where people are saying that their teachers are sending home things saying that they're going to be teaching based on like no gender profiles and mm-hmm. like that is so scary to me to mm-hmm. think that that in public schools somewhere people are trying to push that yeah um i just don't understand how that's an issue because it's like since when our gender is not a thing i know well they and it's, are. it's scientifically so, they are I, yes well and just it's so evident just in our children and i'm sure other people mm-hmm. have experienced this with theirs but all three of the girls that we have, Luca, Elise, and Delilah, they all have been just really into kind of being moms and wanting to pretend to be moms and pretend uh-huh. to do the shopping and makeup. And then we have two boys, Johnny and Barrett, 
who truly just want to destroy whatever is <laughs> in their sight. They like cars. I mean, they were, Johnny and Barrett both were extremely young when they picked up cars and were actually making the car noise and pushing the cars along um, the floor. And I'm sure the girls do that as well, but there has been a clear distinction in genders <laughs> just yeah. among our children. Yeah. Um, like Johnny at five months old. His favorite toy was a ball. Yeah, well, and that's how Barrett is right now. Yeah, and I'm not saying girls can't like sports. Yeah. I, but Johnny clearly, like, ball. And it that is was his thing. still kind of like Elise that for clearly, him. Ball. like, dolls and, like, playing with stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. Well, that was her thing. Mm-hmm. Like, playing pretend. Yeah, and princess. Like, even mm-hmm. now, Johnny does not want to sit down and play pretend. Elise wants to sit down and play pretend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Well, in that, we have, the girls have two... Uh, my girls have two pretty big castles in their bedroom, and we will set them up just immaculately. And Barrett yeah. comes in and just kicks them over. I'm a yeah, dragon. yeah. <laughs> like he'll pretend just, just for the moment to destroy, and yeah. then he's out of there. But yeah, there is clear distinctions. Um, but and we see that. I think that if you just think of it from an adult perspective as well, how we can, our minds can slowly start to like be distorted. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly watching a show that there is uh, graphic language in or even nudity and you're constantly watching these things and you're thinking, I know that that's wrong, but if I just watch it a little bit in this, it's not going to affect yeah. me. Your mind really can start to just think that it's okay. And then you can start to use that language um, after seeing that nudity. I mean, you could start to want to see it more and start looking up mm-hmm. pornography and stuff like that. And just, it, it really can become inappropriate. And, I mean, it's really dangerous to let your flesh take over. Well, yeah. Um, I actually, I took a class. It's called Restoration. Mm-hmm. And um, if, you have, if you have a lot of hurts... Or things in your past that have really hurt you, definitely look into that. I think it's like restoration.net is the website. And you can do the classes online or get the DVDs. But he talks about how he started in pornography at a very, mm-hmm. very young age. Somebody just showed him something. Mm-hmm. And then that started intriguing him to look into it more and more. And he became addicted to it. Even as a pastor, he was addicted to it. And he, um, then later, like, he said he got, it got so bad that he started thinking about, like, hurting women Ugh. because of it. And he realized this is bad. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he has been, like, not cured, but he has been redeemed of that. Yeah. Like, he had gave it up and gave it to God. But, I mean, he said it still is back there, you know. And he said, I could see how this just would turn into uh, being a ser- serial killer almost. Mm-hmm. Because it becomes this twisted thing in your head. Mm-hmm. Because you become desensitized and you want something else. Yeah. Like, this is not enough now. Now i got to go to this type of porn. Or this yeah. is not enough and now i got to start doing this. And it's just like, Satan will take that and mm. make it so nothing's enough. Yeah, well in that, I mean, I can speak to that just in my own life. Uh, my husband was shown pornography by his stepbrother at uh, 7, age 7. And it took him 15 years. It was two years into our marriage to be able to completely stop. And it affected our intimacy just in extremely negative ways because I would feel like I wasn't enough. And, I mean, it was hard. <laughs> Sorry, Cody, but it was hard. It was hard. Um, <laughs> I can't even say it. It was hard to just start the act. Mm, and even finish it um Mm -hmm. 
Because he was wanting that. He was wanting it to be, like, yeah. this thing that I was extremely uncomfortable yeah, with. Like, uh, that's yeah. not real life, dude. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, yeah, and it was, it extremely distorted my view. And I already had a distorted view of it, but my view of intimacy. And um, it affected both of us just yeah. in that area for a really long time after. Mm-hmm. It just shows how much of, how important that's just to make sure your mind is in, is going down the right places. Yeah. Not the wrong places, because... Your mind is obviously a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And if it has evil in it, it can be powerfully evil. Yeah. Well, and I think, I don't know if you can see it, but you have a really good note in here mm-hmm. at the end. Um, just you say, you say, so if you want to stop living in the flesh, then start reading God's word and then follow the leading of the spirit in our minds and hearts, telling us when something is wrong or untrue. So God has given us the Holy Spirit to be there with us constantly to direct us. And mm-hmm. when he's going to give us, like Kathy states at the end of that, he's going to give us that feeling of like, just, ugh. like yeah. you, you feel icky. Yeah. <laughs> you and know you that it's wrong. That, don't ignore it. Yes. Recognize it as this is God telling me that, no, this is not for you. Mm-hmm. You are not for this. Yes. Um, yeah. And I just, you know, sometimes people want to think you transform your mind. You start thinking good thoughts. Yeah. Like, you know, for people like who have anxiety, that's such a horrible thing to say to them. Just think happy thoughts and you'll be better. And that's not what we're saying. This is a cure for anxiety. You transform your mind by God's word, that's mm-hmm. a cure for anxiety. Thinking happy thoughts is not. Yeah. <laughs> thinking God's truth, because anxiety, a lot of it has to do with fear that Satan's lying to yeah. you, putting lies in your head. If you combat that with God's truth, that's what's going to help you. Yeah. Not just saying, well, no, that's not true. We're all going to just be okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that is actually a really dangerous thing to do because you're kind of distorting reality saying it's all going to be okay. Everything's it fine. Might not be okay. It might not be okay mm-hmm. and it might not be fine. But luckily, if you have God in your life and you're being obedient, he is going to be in control and he's going to make yeah. it work out he's for your good. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that alone is like my solace. It's like even if it's not okay, I know he's here with me. And he has a purpose. Yeah, Yeah. that's mine. He's gonna use it. I'm a very purpose-driven person. So knowing that God, who can see my entire future and is already there, waiting for me to get to the end of the line where he's standing, that is a big drive for me. Mm -hmm. Knowing that my purpose is there, and I'm just like we're on this race, and I'm somewhere in the middle of it. I hope. God is at the end just being like, yes, keep coming this keep way. coming down this road. Yeah. Um, so the last and final step is keeping the greatest commandment. And that is love one another as Christ has loved us. And then I also threw in there just out of um, Corinthians. Uh, I think so, yes. These three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So our love is supposed to be sacrificial. It's to unite. It's supposed to unite us with unbelievers and make us stronger in our own faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're supposed to be living examples of the love that Jesus has for us. And love, I've heard this so many times. And growing up, I used to be like, "That's such a stupid saying." But love, love is a verb. yeah. Well, love <laughs> is not a feeling; it is an action. Mm-hmm. And I used to be like, "No, it's definitely a feeling," but it is most definitely an action. Mm-hmm. You show that daily to your spouse and yeah. to your kids in the way that you treat them, and just other people. Yeah, the way there's that you feelings treat them. involved with love, yeah. but sometimes you don't necessarily love your husband at that moment. Yep. You'll have to show him love. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and that, yeah, God calls us to love one another as Christ loved the church. Mm -hmm. And that is helping when it's not convenient, Mm -hmm. giving when it hurts, giving our time to others, even if it doesn't benefit us. Mm -hmm. Even if it doesn't benefit us, guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I feel like that love seems so impossible and it's so hard to do because Mm -hmm. today it is very rarely going to be reciprocated. But God still calls us to do it. And this is what is supposed to set us apart and show others that we are empowered by God and that our faith, our faith should be evident in how we love others. So today at work, um, there's this guy that came in and he, he comes and talks to my coworker, Kathy, and says, I have these, um, pins that I bring with me everywhere and I give to women that I meet because my wife died in 9-11, is what he said. Mm. Like, actually in 9-11. Mm. And he just said she had all these pins that she collected, and I just feel like I should give those to, away. They're these beautiful things. I want to give them away that, to somebody who would want one. And so I went and got one, and um, he actually ended up being like a chaplain for um, a place around here. But he was just telling me that, you know, my wife's on the right hand of God. I know that's where she's at. And every time you wear that, I want you to think of that. And Mm -hmm. he did that, and it was such a kind thing. I was like, that is so sweet. And yet all these women up in the front desk were, like, rolling their eyes at him. And just being like, that is so weird. And I was like, that's love. Yeah. That's showing love. To people he doesn't even know. Yeah. And he has no reason to care about them. And he knows that it's, people are probably going to think he's weird. But he's and I was just it. like, that is so sweet. And I, so I just made sure to tell him thank you. But it's like, he did that not expecting, not caring if anybody said thank you. Well, and that, I mean, that just shows how distorted our view mm-hmm. of love is today. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't know someone and you love them, they think you're weird. Yeah. And yeah. so you guys, just be ready for that. If you go out loving people, they're going to think you're weird. Or that you're, yeah, that you're weird, what, that's that you're trying scene. to get something from mm-hmm. them. Yeah, they think that you're doing manipulative stuff. But just know that that's going to be a seed planted for yeah. God's glory. Um, especially if they come to find out you're a Christian or something, mm-hmm. you know. But um, whether they do or not, yeah, I just think of how we can just go out and just love people even if they're strangers Mm -hmm. and just that to me is just like the biggest thing that's going to speak to my kids is if they see me doing that yeah and like teach them to be good people (laughs) yeah well and yeah I I think that this loving others the way that Christ loved us is probably going to be it's the greatest commandment and also the hardest, yes. <laughs> the hardest one. Because mm-hmm. there's going to be times where you don't want to love who God has put yeah. in front of you. Mm-hmm. But God has put them in front of you for a reason. Yeah, I have a lot of people that that <laughs> when I work, when they come and pick up their glasses and they're angry. Oh, gosh. And I just smile and I'm kind because I'm like, if they ever find out I'm a Christian and I act the way they did, mm-hmm. that's detrimental. Yeah. And that... and. That is something that you should always have in the back of your mind is you can't be someone different in every area of your life. Like I don't, I don't go to work, but Kathy goes to work. She comes home, then she goes to the store. So she can't be being someone different 
at every place that she's at. Mm-hmm. She can't be really nice at work and then go to the store and be really mean. Yeah. Like there is cuz what if yeah. somebody from the store comes into her work yep. and they're like, "Oh, this lady is freaking rude." Yeah. And then Kathy's like, "Hi, how can I help you today?" <laughs> and yeah. she's a nice and person. Just go, she's so fake. Yeah, you don't get to have all these different personas mm-hmm. spread across your life. You yeah. are supposed to be living out God's persona for your life in every area mm-hmm. that you go. That I like you're that. Living. It's not your persona; it's God's persona. Well, it's supposed to be, yeah, yes. yeah. And that, I mean, that's going to be hard, but I think living sacrificially is something that is truly evident in your home. Um, as moms, if you stay at home, or or if you're a working mom, I can just speak to staying at home. I don't want to be doing the things that I am doing, and I really like serving, but for whatever reason, I truly struggle to serve my family and not mm-hmm. be bitter about it mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's just because they aren't thankful <laughs> yes yep <laughs> but they, and I mean they don't even know what goes into it mm-hmm. um, but it's really it's really hard to do everything that you have to do in a day and then at the end of the night not get frustrated when they aren't just going to bed peacefully <laughs> see I feel like for me a lot of it is the ungratefulness because I mean, little kids—they don't, they don't know. know. Yeah. They don't. They. I mean, they'll say thank you sometimes, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they just are like they're very self-centered right mm-hmm. now. It's just the kids. But I, and a lot of it also is just like it's constant. Mm-hmm. It's constant wanting. It's constant asking. Constant you know need mm-hmm. of you. While at church, it's like you're there to serve a purpose. You're doing something at church to serve, and then you're done. Yeah. And there's not like people all over the place pulling on your leg yeah. crying Hope, hopefully unless that's not what your nursery. church looks like unless you're in the nursery <laughs> yeah your church needs some uh yeah if there are people at your church everywhere doing that maybe uh some some real leadership needs yeah. to come in there uh, some boundaries yeah um well yeah and that i really like that you said that because that kind of makes me feel better about mm-hmm. having that attitude but and my I mean my attitude does need to be adjusted yeah. just at home anyway it just makes sense as to why yeah. sometimes we get a little bit jaded yeah and it I mean I and it is easy to have those feelings but I I shouldn't because I have a really good life I have mm-hmm. I mean regardless of all the laundry that I have to do at least I have that laundry. Mm-hmm. At least I have mm-hmm. those things that I have to wash and the dishes that I have yeah. to wash because my family ate their food and yeah. we had food and for them had to food eat. To yeah, feed them. yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, no. So we we're supposed to be living out that sacrificial love, and it doesn't just extend to our church and our family. It extends to every single person that mm-hmm. you come in contact with. Yeah. So really, um, I'm sure most of you have heard about. Agape. Um, so when the Bible is talking about loving people, it's talking. It's using the original Greek word for agape. It's agape, um, which means I I had to look it up because I knew what it meant, but I didn't know how to like put it into good words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I looked it up, and it um, said the love of God or Christ for humankind, the love of Christians for other persons, corresponding to the love of God for humankind Mm. an unselfish love of one person for another without uh, unselfish love is that what I said? I think I said selfish unselfish love of one person for another without sexual implications brotherly love 
So this is how Christ loved those around him, which is cool to think because he he was human, so mm -hmm. he loved God, or he loved humans like God loves him. <laughs> but he's also he's God. Also God. <laughs> it's just like this total mind game. But um, so this is how we are to love others, mm -hmm. um, including our kids and our husband. Um, we are to show people what God's love is like so that people will ask what makes us that way. And we can point them to Christ. Yeah. I mean, just think about it. If you loved everyone you came into contact with, like Christ loved, they that would stand out. Mm -hmm. And people would go, not everyone, but some people would go, what's so different about you? Like, yeah. Why are you so happy? Or why are you so kind? Yeah. And you could say, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> well, and that speaks to having those different personas. That's why it's important to have them all be the same. Is because you want in every area, whether it be uh, somewhere where you're getting yelled at all the time or somewhere where you're giving sacrificially, you want to have that Christ-like love and not be complaining about what you're doing or have a bad attitude about it because you want, in the end, to be able to point them yeah. back to God and give Him the glory for yeah. Your wonderful life and your wonderful attitude. Yep. Yep. And, like, I would hate to be, like, showing people love at church or showing people love elsewhere and then have, like, them be like, your mom is so, to my kids, your mom is so great. She's so kind and loving. And your kids be like, no. Yeah. No. That's not her at home. I mean, do you know how, like, oh, I would, like, feel like the worst person ever. Yeah. So it's like, that's why it's so important to let it, that just be who you are. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. It's got to just be who you are. Yep. Mm -hmm. And like, I just try to think of myself as like this vessel. Yeah. You know, that God is pouring into and I'm pouring out of. Yep. Yeah. It's like a waterfall. One of those yeah. pretty ones where yeah, the water comes out of the like, spout yeah. and into the mouth. Out of our mouth. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or like, or the, those little cherubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, gosh. All the places are mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So action items for this week. Commit yourself to reading God's word and keeping an open line of communication with him. Come to him with sincere hearts and worship and keep your mind focused and renewed in him. Love one another as he calls you to. Remember, the greatest way to express God's love for you is to attempt to love others the same way. Yep. Um, if you guys want to chit chat with us, you can find us on Instagram at Macchiato Moms. At, not at midnight because Instagram won't let us do that. Sorry. On Instagram at Macchiato Moms. On Facebook at Macchiato Moms at midnight. And now on iTunes at Macchiato Moms at midnight. Yep. And then if you want to email us, we are Macchiato Moms at gmail.com. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in today, yeah. guys. We went a little bit over, but well, just not a too bit. bad. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>